can find the comic book characters on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash kneelbeforepod or follow us on Twitter at cbcharacters. You can also email us at cbcharacters at gmail.com. And now you can subscribe to us on iTunes. Search comic book characters. Welcome to the episode of Comic Book Characters. Uh, no, that was not Boys to Men. That was me, Ig, uh, president and CEO of Snark Industries, also known as the incredible, invincible, iconic Ig. Um, and joining me as always from red hot San Antonio, Texas, the friendly neighborhood podcaster, the alluring, the astonishing Alfred. How's it going, man? I did not sleep well, oh, and I am in pain. You My I'm little in... rendition of end of <laughs> that the is road. that is the most beautiful way a person could wake up. I, I'll give you that. Uh, well, now that's been put to to audio tape, so you can actually make that your your ringtone. I think I'm gonna make it my ringtone. Yeah, it's yeah. that's pretty solid. I usually have my phone on vibrate, but I think with a quality gem like that, it needs to the volume needs to go up. Yeah, you know who also probably didn't wake up feeling too great this morning? Uh, David Ayers. David Ayers, uh, uh, Warner Brothers, DC yeah, Comics. Um, so Suicide Squad comes out this week. Obviously, we don't need to tell our listeners that tomorrow. So we're recording this on a Wednesday. Uh, I'm going to see it tomorrow. I know you're going to see it tomorrow too. Yeah, and then a second time after that. Uh, we haven't seen the movie, obviously, so we can't talk too much smack, but boy, the signs are not looking good. Um, so far, the reviews have come in, and they're pretty spectacularly bad. People are calling it a mess, just kind of like, um, you know, weird editing. Seems like the reshoots maybe aren't really jiving too well with some of the original scenes. Um, it's not really that much fun. It's not really like, you know... Uh, what people expected from the trailers and perhaps worst of all one reviewer even compared it to fantastic four i was going to say are you describing fantastic four because that sounds <laughs> exactly like what we were seeing right before fantastic four got released it really Look, does feel like deja vu man deja vu i, I got so chills comparisons yeah they're multiplying um <laughs> It's it's not looking good for Ayers and crew right now. Um, you know, I think right now it's 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 hitting at like what thirty something percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and we'll we'll actually touch on that a little bit more uh, in just a moment. By the way, before we keep going, I think it's Ayer. I don't know why Kevin I want Ayers. Ayers. Maybe we'll wait until he makes a good Ayers? before we Ayers. that S from his name. Um, David Ayer. Just Ayer. It's David Ayer. Air, just air, just say like air, yeah, or error. <laughs> David Error might be more apt. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the the thing about the film uh, that we're seeing so far, and anyone who listens to this podcast that is that is hip to the news, we've actually posted a couple of things on the uh, on the Facebook page over at facebook.com forward slash Neil Before Pod. <laughs> just oh, right. a little plug there. Uh, <laughs> Neil Before Pod. <laughs> Neil before pod. Um, but. You know, the, we got we were concerned and it's something I got to give you credit for because you were always highly suspect of how the trailers were making the film look. And you from day one were like, they're selling us, they're promising us a bag of magic and we're getting a bag of beans. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I do want to, uh, you know, I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so. Um if you go back and listen to uh, an old episode of the podcast, you can hear me, moi, just basically calling it, crushing it months ago. Yeah. Um, Which you can I download said, on iTunes, by the way. If you download on iTunes. I think the episode was called Suicide Squander. Yeah. I didn't look it up, I promise. Yeah, I think that is it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I really didn't look it up. I just remember that title for some reason. Uh, but no, I, I think it was the second trailer where they tried to make it seem really fun. And they had that Queen song on it, and it was it was really well edited oh, to make it seem like trailer. a fun, uh, fun movie. Um, and it was right after the success of Deadpool, so people were like, "Oh, this is going to be DC's Deadpool. This is going to be great." 
Um, but I, my dear listeners, was not swayed. I thought that the images that were being shown on the screen were not actually matching the the kind of fun mood that they were trying to establish in that trailer. And turns out I was dead right. So you're welcome. You're welcome, guys. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, I'm not actually kidding, but... Um, no, you are right, but at the same time, all of us nerds have already bought our tickets, so... Yeah, and I'm going tomorrow, we're too. All, so we're all like, going to... It's not, it's not like we weren't going to go, but... Um, but no, I guess, I guess it seems like there really isn't a whole lot of fun to this movie. It seems like there's not much humor. And like I've said in, in previous podcasts, too, like this was made under kind of the BVS umbrella, right? Where like DC right. was producing that movie and Wonder Woman with, with, I think, this kind of worldview or this vision of a kind of dark, bleak world, um, which, you know, maybe maybe pretty soon... Once the, the Trump presidency descends on us, we'll be we'll be. Uh, oh no! That, that might be uh, everyday life. This might be this might actually hit close to home. But, um, but yeah, man, it seems like they didn't really add much humor to it, and that's not, I guess that's not that big a deal. But it's like it seems like uh, well, from what we're reading, the studio panicked because BVS sucked, and they got bad reviews, and so they sent them to do reshoots, thinking like they would change the movie up, probably make it a little more fun. And what ends up happening, which is exactly what happened to Fantastic Four, is it is just like a disjointed <clears throat> mess. Yeah, right. It's totally a mess, which is the the kind of one common thread I keep seeing in every review or you know anything that's touching this film right now uh, for anyone who's seen it. And the thing is, you know, I've heard the film described as bad to not as bad as other times. Like that's that's the ceiling. That's yeah. that's not great. When that's your ceiling, that is not where you want to be. I'm still trying to go into this with an open mind. Um I'm going to try to have as much fun with it as I can. Two things are incredibly disconcerting for me. Although one of them should have been obvious, I guess, and I was just I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like maybe I was trying to uh delude myself into thinking that that this was not going to be the case but apparently um deathstroke is not deathstroke i'm sorry death deadshot shot. deadshot is very much so the focal point of the film uh, yeah i'm will, glad you brought that will, up will smith's gonna character and all of his hammy ass hamness <laughs> uh doesn't know how to be a villain to to literally save or kill a life is is at the forefront of this film and apparently the film spends a lot of time with that character which is fine i like the character of deadshot just fine but i'm worried about how will smith is going to portray this character and the fact that he's going to eat up so much screen time was something that i was hoping was not going to be the case but clearly you know it is it is the case yeah i i yeah i'm glad you brought that up and i think it's not super surprising right because like will smith is it's the biggest, By far. Name. the biggest star. He's a good this actor. Movie. He's he can do action films. He's and he's not. Commodity. I mean, since he's become a major film actor, which is you know now been going on for many many years, he's always the star of every movie he's in. You know what I mean? Like he's not he's not playing a, a secondary role in anything. So I wouldn't even be too terribly surprised if during the negotiation for this movie that you know he he wanted the most screen time out of all these characters. Yeah. And there is some kind of like historical context to it, like or reasoning for it, because like you know, Deadshot is an original member of Suicide Squad, but at the end of the day, he's not nearly as big of a character as Harley Quinn. Um, well, now, I mean, I think if you look at well, the yeah, but that's but, not, but that's where we're living, right? Right, I mean, that's true. We're in 2016, right? <laughs> no, 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 you're totally right. I mean, but I think Deadshot, Deadshot is a pretty prominent character within the DC universe as well. It's not like I'm not saying he's not, but he's not Harley Quinn. No, no, not you're right. The, in terms of visibility and just general popularity, not not even close. They're not even in the same stratosphere. Um, so that's the first thing. And then the second thing, and this, this is what really blows my mind, though, and really, really bums me out. As much as I'm trying to keep an open mind about this movie before we see it tomorrow, is that, that people keep saying that they are... And maybe I don't know if underwhelmed is the right word, but they're underwhelmed by Jared Leto's Joker. Uh, not so much in the way he portrays him, but just the fact that like Joker doesn't have a lot to do. He's not really in the film all that much. And 
I've even read a review that went so far as to say that the film would have been better without him being in it at all. And I'm like, that is that is the exact opposite of sentiment that I want to have for this film. So that that's incredibly disconcerting. Yeah, I think there might be just too many balls in the air, essentially. Um, always just... falls with you, you know? You <laughs> always, always, falls. always falls. Too many characters, too many weird alignments. Like, from what I understand, the mission is very kind of muddled. jumbled and right. muddled in this. Um, obviously, we haven't seen it. We'll have our full review uh, on the next episode. Um, so try not to say, try not to be too negative here. But yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm just seeing a lot of the same signs that, that, that we seem to get with a lot of these bad comic book movies. It's not looking too promising. And this might just be another example of doing too much to the point where you're left with really very little at the end. So... Uh, we'll see, man. But yeah, I, it's hard to mess up the Joker. Like he's by far the most interesting character DC has. Um, yeah. Maybe the most interesting character in comics, period. Um, and yeah, that's that's obviously a terrible sign that <laughs> somehow him not even being there would have been better. But dude, we'll see, man. We'll 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 find out soon enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and we'll touch on, on, um, the animated release of the killing joke in just a moment as well. And that is kind of spoiler as to where I'm going to go with it, but it's like that film. The best thing about that film is the Joker for me. So right. that just goes to show you how easy that should be. It's, yeah. The Joker is a, is a beautiful tapestry of, 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 artistic merit as a character like there's so much you can do with him and uh so it you know we'll see i already i also think i'm just gonna make a prediction right right now what's gonna end up happening when we have our our recording for the review of suicide squad i'm going to be fighting so hard to find things that i liked and try to be positive like I, i already know that's what i'm gonna end up doing well here's the thing though right i mean bvs was such a mess that for me all this movie has to do is just is just clear that hurdle just be a little bit better than bvs to make right. me feel like dc's at least going in the right direction right uh, and i think the other thing this movie really needs to accomplish at a bare minimum is is to just do the harley quinn character well and introduce her well and, okay and and then maybe build off that On outside that... of that everything else if it blows up and is a disaster i think you can survive from it right but if, if it doesn't do those two things um um, that's going to be really disappointing. So, so what you're saying is it can be a, a, a garbage. It can be garbage. It can just be, just be gold garbage. Be the gold <laughs> garbage bag. Just little golden flakes around. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, so the other, I guess the one sort of positive thing that I keep reading is that Margot Robbie does a really good job. As yeah, well. me too. And that's and that's promising. And I'm, actually, that's like the thing I'm most excited about seeing with this movie yeah. is seeing that they, they, they Okay, I'll, I'll tell you this. DC definitely cannot afford to screw up joker and harley quinn like yeah if they do that it's like game over they they just need to take their ball and bat and go home it's, yeah. it's i mean i don't know if it's ever game over for this stuff right it's like you can always rebound like you, you can reboot all of these properties like well, it's been done many times but yeah. but yeah it's just not good for them in their current financial situation we've got in justice league we saw the you know the pseudo trailer from comic-con and that looks like it really looks like at least at that point from there moving forward, they seem to have a better idea of how to make these films. So we'll see. Yeah. I mean, they're responding and they're doing something different. You know, I, mean, I think. Oh, yeah. No, sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I mean, this this kind of movie, so much of it reminds me of, like we said, a Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Um, but that kind of stuff, I think you can rebound from, like, I like the BVS stuff, I think, worried me more because there wasn't really any talk about, like having to do like major reshoots to change the tone of the movie. Like that pretty much just fully felt like this is the movie Zack Snyder wanted to make, which I think is a bigger problem because <laughs> that's just be, that's just like, Oh shit, maybe he's just not very good at this. Right. That's just one person's vision being completely <laughs> yeah, not right. what you're looking for. Yeah. Um, you know, another set of group of, of people that, that, uh, that are reacting is um, the DC comic movie fans. Because they apparently... They are in defense mode right now. They man. are in super defense mode. And, you know, I know that there's this kind of thing about millennials being entitled or whatever, whatever that narrative is. Um, this doesn't help 
that narrative, I feel. Like, I, I don't know exactly how old the people are that are doing this, but apparently there's been an immediate online petition to get Rotten Tomatoes to shut down because of all of the early critical response to Suicide Squad, which, again, is polling at, like, 35% or something as of today. Um, that, I mean, it's I, there's not a lot to say about it except that that's ridiculous. And it just it shows you... It, it almost kind of makes you understand why these studios, why Warner Brothers knee-jerks the way they do, because... The fans are ridiculous. Like, what are you yep. supposed to do with all that? So, it's on change.org. They are currently 13,000 supporters, and it's almost reached its goal of 15,000. Um, oh, my God. It's, I mean, it's, if... it's really discouraging. I mean, it's just so stupid, right? I mean, like, dude, who cares? Like, you didn't make this movie. Like, what? why is this a personal attack to you? Like, it's just... People don't like it, and there probably are legit reasons to not like things. And you know what? If you like it and other people don't, then great. Yeah. Enjoy it. Claim it as your own. That's probably yeah. even better than, like, you know, everyone else loving the same thing you do. Um, I don't know. It's just such a stupid thing. But it's really funny just <laughs> that people would resort to that because, like, somehow they're hurt by this news that people yeah. don't like the it's movie like, that they want like, to like that they probably haven't even seen yet yeah that they haven't even seen yet and they're like no <laughs> this is my favorite character i love captain boomerang <laughs> don't so you st- be mean to him like uh, wow. all right man i love that should bring that character back we should get that character I, I don't know what that was eugene is uh, in my head eugene that was eugene um uh, who, who are you looking forward to seeing the most in this movie eugene I really like Captain Boomerang. <laughs> Captain Eugene sucks, dude. Why would you pick Captain Boomerang? Why didn't they? The only thing is they didn't put him in the shirt with all the boomerangs on it. <laughs> uh, Eugene sounds like the kind of guy who's like upset that um, what's the fucking tiger that used to be in Suicide Squad? <laughs> Golden Tiger or whatever. It's like, why don't they do the I, original I, Suicide Squad? A friend of mine has a blog and he said, that maybe Golden Tiger makes a cameo. <laughs> That's great, man. So, right. I well, mean... Thanks, I, thanks for being on the show, Eugene. Uh, I, I just looked uh, it up. It's called He's called Bronze Tiger. Bronze. <laughs> close anyway. Enough, close enough. Um, and, and look, we're all nerds, too. Like, I'm not... I say this in jest. The character is obviously like a, like a parody or satire or whatever, but... But this is this is why I met, you know, this is why we're laughing because people are actually doing this. They're taking it too seriously. And that's the thing. If you hold on something to something too tightly, you're not going to be able to enjoy it. Yeah. And that's what Warner Brothers is doing. They're freaking out and knee jerking too hard. They're not letting the characters and movie breathe. They're not letting the narrative take its place. Although, again, like you said, you could argue that that's what they did with VVS. They let it breathe and it breathes to death somehow. <laughs> Um, I think you're right because people also when they stake their claim of like oh I'm a DC guy they all of a sudden they feel like they have to essentially defend everything DC does right like, like they're invested they're invested so strongly and I don't have to like you can that. say it's bad and you can say Marvel stuff is good yeah. I mean it's like all this stuff is really made for comic book nerds all of general. us it's for everyone and you know it's it's just like the Sega Nintendo thing or the Sony Xbox thing. Or, you know, PC gamers versus console gamers or Marvel versus DC. It's like, just enjoy whatever you want. Like what you want. Like what you want. Don't like what you don't want. But also don't get in a twist about things if they don't pan out the way that you're hoping that they do. Just try to enjoy it if you can. And also just be realistic about it. Like, it doesn't matter how the hell you paint it. Like, Marvel is kicking the shit out of DC right now. That's just reality. And yeah. like uh, Marvel's kicking the shit out of like everybody. I mean, thirteen right. number one box office openings in a row, never done in the history of film. Yeah, it's like you know when you lose to the the Golden State Warriors, you just say like you know what they're just a better team, <laughs> and you just move on. Uh, but anyway, one guy who maybe isn't moving on is David Ayer, who we brought up at the <laughs> beginning because right. at the screening of Suicide Squad, uh, you told me about this, and I ended up watching the video. Apparently, he's up on stage about to introduce the movie, and uh, a nerd in the audience, might have been Eugene, actually, uh, screams, 
Fuck Marvel. Fuck Marvel. <laughs> to which David Ayer's response is, yeah, fuck Marvel. <laughs> I love that there's video of this, and we'll we'll this definitely video. have it on the thread. To his um, credit, he apologized, yeah, and I think he Twitter. just got caught up in the moment. Probably didn't even realize people were filming him, so it's not that big a deal, but... Yeah. It is funny that there is that sentiment. Like, why would you say that? Like, Marvel's actually doing some really, really cool stuff that DC could benefit from if they actually paid attention to it and tried to, to, to do some of it. Um, it's just so silly to me. But anyway, another funny story related yeah. to this. It's not that big of a deal. It, it really isn't. And he apologized, and that should be the end of it. I Again, this shouldn't add fuel to the DC-Marvel war, quote-unquote war, that exists. He got caught up in the moment. I can totally understand that. And he's surrounded by a bunch of DC fans. They're getting amped up. He's worked. I imagine he worked really hard on making this film. Uh, so he was excited to be able to show it to all of these people who he imagines this is going to be his core audience. Hopefully um, he didn't do what Josh Trank did and say, this is the best movie I've ever, ever made or something like that before Fantastic Four came out. <laughs> you know, I so badly want to see that Josh Trank director's cut, though. Like, so, so badly. I know. Because it's just, I know it's got to be such a different film. I just, I don't know if it's any good, but it's got to just be so different. And it's uh, one of these days, maybe. All right, let let's let's move on to something. You know, I don't know, man. You know, I thought this was going to be a home run for DC. Honestly, it, it had Bruce Tim attached to it. You've got Mark Hamill as the Joker. You've got Kevin Conroy as Batman. Iconic people in the roles of these iconic characters. You've got the pedigree of DC animation, which they do really, really well with their animated films. Beat the shit out of Marvel with, with animation animation. Um, the killing joke came out just, just, just came out this week on DVD and Blu-ray. I had the opportunity to see it in theaters uh, a week ago and I did see it. And, there's already a lot of controversy with this film. Uh, not so much because it's rated R or because, you know, the themes of what happens in the story are very dark and, and, and subverted in a lot of ways. They stay pretty, they stay very comic accurate to all of that. But the controversy lies in the, in the Batgirl character. And there's an additional 23 minutes that pretty much focus on, focuses on her and they use that to kind of pad out the film to make the film feel more like a feature length. And in terms of narrative, it works. Like, I get why they did it, and it does feel like a feature film. But the thing is, they do this really weird thing with Batgirl, who is historically a very strong female empowered character. And they basically make her into, like, a character from How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. <laughs> <laughs> it's really weird. She even has oh, spoiler alert, by the way, for Killing Joke. If you haven't read the story or seen the animated film, um, I'm going to touch on a few things here and there. I think you should still see it. Uh, people out there should still see it because you can. Kind well, there's of one big kind of what yourself. the fuck spoiler in the first 30 minutes. So if you guys don't want to know what that is, um, fast forward. But yeah, go ahead. man. Yeah, fast forward about, I don't know, five, six minutes the most. But so th there's even a gay side character that she works with. And he's like, uh-uh, girlfriend. Like, because she's oh. talking, she talks about Batman. And in this instance, he's the yoga instructor. What? It's so weird. Wait, it is, oh, that, is that like code word or something? Yeah, for her. Okay. Like, because she's obviously not going <laughs> to tell her coworker that, you know, she hangs out with Batman. It's like she has this yoga instructor. And he's really hard on her. And he won't admit that she's doing a good job. And it's just so it's so weird. It's so weird. And the thing is, the way they present Batman and Batgirl's relationship in this cartoon is very father daughter, which is pretty traditional for those characters in the comic as well. OK, now keep in mind, this is all new material. It has nothing to do with the killing joke, the actual <clears throat> original graphic novel by Alan Moore. This is all new stuff for this movie. And uh, this is all that guy, uh, Brian Azzarello, mm -hmm. <laughs> the guy who called out the reporter uh, at the at the press conference. <laughs> uh, he, this is him. This is him writing this stuff. Uh, 
so they they have this very father daughter type relationship. She's very uh, petulant about a few things. She's kind of like a, like a bratty teen in a way. Although I think she's supposed to be in her twenties in this story. Um, but then out of like literally out of nowhere, they start having sex on the top of a building as Batman <laughs> and Batgirl. Yeah, that's and so then weird. Things get weird, and <laughs> she's like, "Oh no!" Like. I slept with him, but he hasn't called me. Like, it's it's it is so odd to me that they chose to do these things with this character. I get wanting to flesh out her background, wanting to show her as Batgirl more before you see what ends up happening to her with the Joker. Um, I think that's great, <clears throat> but the 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 fact that they went this route with it is just. It, it it boggles my mind. I don't understand what they were going for here. It is bizarre. I mean, it's like, I, I think there's probably good intentions in like, okay, we obviously can't just do a whole movie about the killing joke because the killing joke is not that long of a story arc. So yeah. you have to add stuff to it. Yeah. And they decided to actually give Batgirl backstory, which is good. Like, that's a good <laughs> yeah. idea. And like, it, it comes from a good place, hopefully. Uh, but I think it also just kind of, they kind of, it seems like on the surface, at least, and I haven't watched the movie. Um, maybe not the best idea to like have her be this kind of girl with potentially daddy issues who's like, yeah. you know, uh, it's sleeping just... with a, a father figure type role, a character. Yeah. And then like, you know, again, also like this the killing joke is a really touchy subject because it, it, imp- there's an implication that the Joker rapes her in the comic. Um, so like to introduce a, a, a story arc of hers in the, in the, as a backstory where she's still kind of a, a sexual object and maybe, maybe that's being too harsh, but uh, it's just a weird, a weird way of giving her backstory. Um, it doesn't feel very progressive in any way. Right. I also, I mean, I, I'm not against trying deaf. to change things up. Like I'm not one of these right. people who's like, you have to stick to Canon and whatever. Like it's cool that they tried something different, uh, but it just seems like a bizarre choice to go that route. Yeah. And again, it's especially because Batgirl along with Wonder Woman and I guess Harley at this point, they're kind of pillars of like strong female characters, you know? Right. So the fact that you're kind of subverting that with her, like, what's the point of doing that? It's just very tone deaf. And I don't know, you know, I I imagine it wasn't intentional. I I think maybe they were trying to, you know, I don't know, man, maybe Brian, you know, watched, you know, uh, uh, 10, What's the what's the movie again? How to lose a guy in ten days? Yeah, right. Maybe he had just watched it like a week before, and he was like, "Oh, this is this is the problem that women have. Let's make Batgirl relatable." Yeah, uh, I think it's just kind of poor writing, though. It's like, oh, the only way we can give her backstory is to have her have you know have sex with someone. Who could we give her? Yeah, you know, who, what character could she be with? Oh, Batman. Okay, like it's just I don't know. It feels like it's not really. It also kind of maybe shows that they're not as. Uh, as fa- or, or maybe their interpretation of the Killing Joke is a lot different from from what other people thought too. Because um, I remember reading an interview with one of the creators where he's like, you know, he's kind of plays down the whole rape angle, and he's like, I didn't really see it that way. Uh, yeah. and that's fine. I guess you can interpret it however you want. Yeah. Uh, but to me though, it seems very clearly like that's that's what the writer was going for. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember because I feel like Alan Moore's been asked that question, and I honestly don't recall what his answer is. You know, I, I'm with you. I always felt that that, that was sort of implied, but I've, yeah. I've seen, you know, other people in the comic industry respond to it. And they, they said like flat out, like, no, I didn't think it was that like, yes, the Joker, the Joker, the Joker. <laughs> the Joker. Oh. Is he like a basketball player? <laughs> I'm oh. picturing Tim Hardaway. Oh no. Oh no. The Joker did like, uh, did physically harm her, you know, and it, but but it wasn't sexual in nature, like because and and then the argument that those people make is that the Joker is asexual because he's insane, like he just doesn't he doesn't he wouldn't see rape as a thing because he he doesn't sexualize anything. But here's the other thing that this also movie doesn't does. even have Venus. I mean, after that terrible, right? Or at I, least it's like know. bleached white. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, comic conundrum maybe. Yeah. Okay. For future. Yeah. We'll, we'll touch on that line. Um, but here's the other... Actually, I'm really glad you brought that up because 
one other really weird choice they make in this. There's this small scene on the back end of the of the film where Batman's trying to find the Joker and he goes up to some prostitutes because apparently oh, that's yeah. what the Joker usually does after he breaks out is goes and visits some prostitutes and they're like, nah, Mr. J hasn't been here yet. You know, or uh, whatever. It's really weird. I'm like, what? why are we talking about the Joker's sex life? That's never been a thing. That's, in fact, not only has that never been a thing, he's generally considered to be asexual because he's so freaking crazy. Like, he's not motivated by lust or passion that way. Yeah, it's funny. Like, for, 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 for a creator who didn't see, you know, that scene in the comic as a rape scene, he sure did add a lot of sexual <laughs> content into this movie. It's really um, weird. It's really yeah. weird. I I almost feel like uh, Brian Azzarello has like this secret deep fetish to like, like I have a feeling what his internet history looks like. You know, is After it like this film. cosplay it's, porn? What's well, like? It's like cosplay porn or like comic porn? You know? Yeah. Or like anim animation. Porn oh yeah. Thing. I I can see that. I mean, there obviously is an audience for that. Um. So, but what do you think of the movie? Overall, though, I mean, the outside back of... is great. Like once it actually starts hitting into the killing joke story, it's great. Mark Hamill does amazing work in this. It's very faithful to the story. Um, the ending is a little weird when you see it on on a big screen or on, on like a television because it is it, is it the same? Just the it's two the of them same laughing? Them laughing. Yeah. yeah, that's a weird ending. If you think about it in terms of a film. Because uh, it's so abrupt and it, it just feels weird, but um, but it's really well done. Like that part's really well done. Does it, I know in the comic a lot of people say like, "Oh, that's Batman basically about to murder Joker." That that's there's, the, there's a controversy happens. behind that. But they, you know, Alan Moore. So they asked Alan Moore about this, and he said, "Look at the look at the script. Look at the comic script that I wrote," and. It doesn't. So he's very meticulous about his script notes. So, for instance, he puts in a lot of onomatopoeia in his script, like a, like a crackling of something or of a gun going off or like the crackling mm -hmm. of bones and things like that. So I, I and he didn't implicitly say this, but I think if he meant for Batman to like kill the Joker. It would have been in those script notes, like a snap neck or something like that. And those notes are not there. Mm. But it's it's sort of ambiguous. Like it's I could see people reading into it either way. And I, maybe that is what he intended so that a person can personally decide, you know, yes, Batman kills Joker here or no, you know, he doesn't. Right. Uh, well, that's one of the cool things about that comic, right? I think one of the reasons people like it so much. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on from that because I think you just talked about the killing joke for way too long. Sorry. Let's talk about my favorite topic, which is Thor Ragnarok, which I am even I, I can't even believe I'm saying that that's my favorite topic because I've never been like a huge Thor guy. Yeah. Uh, not even really into either of the movies all that much. So I did like the second one. So you don't get a raging Thorner? <laughs> oh man i shouldn't have laughed at that um uh no no my hammer is usually kind of swinging pretty low but thor ragnarok i i could not be more on board for for a comic property right now i think i this is the movie i'm most excited about wow just because I... it's just so different dude like everything about it sounds so out there and like we finally got our first look at some of the footage this week, I think it came from Comic Con, right? Well, yeah, yeah. It must have. It was you can tell because by the end of the minute clip, <laughs> there's a volcano of noise from nerds, uh, just absolutely nerdgasming like crazy. Uh, it almost makes you think like they could have shown anything up there and they would have just gone nuts. But yeah. um, anyway, it involves Mark Ruffalo running through a forest in the middle of like a scene straight out of like Gladiator or Conan the Barbarian. Just a bunch of, you know, dudes on horses and wearing armor and swinging swords and hammers around. Thor's not one of them, but it looks cool as shit. And Ruffalo's 
uh, running around, I guess running away from something, um, and at one point turns into the Hulk, and then you kind of see in the distance um, the Hulk running at you. But since you're in a forest, all you see is just like trees, trees getting knocked down. Trees getting knocked down. Always you don't a good actually look. get to. Yeah, it looks cool because it just looks like a giant thing is coming at you, but you don't ever really get a full shot of the Hulk, um, at least not in the trailer. And then that ends, and then we get a little post, uh, post-title post sequence where it's Thor somewhere in the universe, and there's like this weird being that's a human shape but no human features uh, that kind of jumps in the air seemingly at him. And then, of course, the nerds lose their shit. Uh, I mean, there's not a whole lot to this trailer to like really grasp onto, but one, I love the idea of just Thor and Hulk being together. Um, I think it brings something a little bit different to the Thor universe. Um, I like the fact that the director is a guy who's never done movies like this and maybe can do bring something a little different, a different kind of flavor to to things. I really liked what we do in the shadows, like one of my favorite movies the last hilarious. five years. Yeah. Really, really funny movie. If anyone wants a good comedy, I re- highly recommend it. Um, and on top of that, we got Kate Blanchett. It wasn't even in this trailer. Like, one of the best extras in the world is going to be playing a villain. Jeff Goldblum is going to be in this. Oh, I know. And, we haven't even touched on Goldblum yet. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, and and this trailer, even though the footage is, the, you know, is shitty because you can't you can't see too well from the camera, it you can tell that it looks, it has a different feel from the rest of the Marvel Universe. Maybe some people would think that's bad because they want it to be consistent. I think it's I think it's awesome. Like I want to see something that looks and feels different and fresh and new. And so far, everything I've heard about this movie, I'm really excited about. It could be a disaster, but it could also be like something really special. Um, anyway, that's my whole spiel. You know, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm about really it. I am excited too. I, I love hearing how excited you are because it reminds me of how I initially reacted to Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> right. Like anytime I saw anything Guardians related, especially after I, I saw that little teaser footage at the IMAX um a few months before. It was like no, it was like a like almost a year before the movie came out. Um that's how I felt. How you sound right now is exactly how I felt then. So um but yeah, I'm I'm totally psyched for it. I told it's really interesting to hear you describe it because you're right. It does have a very different feel. It's really hard for me to pinpoint why I feel that way, but it does have a different kind of vibe and energy to it um, as a film compared to the other Marvel films. I don't have a lot to add, you know, but I just think that you're right. um, And hopefully Marvel has another hit on their hands. It'll be really interesting to see how this film compares to Wonder Woman because they both, at least in some sequences and in some sense, kind of can have the opportunity to marry each other because you know it's like these ancient civilizations that aren't necessarily um earthlings you know with amazons with with wonder woman and with you know thor um as well uh as guardians and and, but they also you know there's the potential for horses and forests and you know that, that's the one big advantage that Thor and Guardians have is like they're they take place in in just really a vast universe like they, they could take place anywhere and right. it doesn't have to it be gives on. you more yeah right whereas the other characters are kind of grounded in in their earth setting Thor and Guardians can do whatever they want it's yeah. like dude like you know it's just whatever they want to create the you know they they can do um and the other really cool thing I've heard about this movie is that we might even get Thanos in mm-hmm. Thor Ragnarok. Like I know we're building to that with infinity war. So maybe it's just another little cameo. Um, and that's fine. But if it's more than that, dude, I mean, this movie could really be something special. Yeah. man. What is what, what a lot like... of potential? I'm not saying it's going to be good, but right, there's, right. A, there's a lot of potential. What if, it, what if there's a scene where he like just grabs the Hulk, like just like grabs him <sighs> and just like throws him. So it's that would be so cool, and I I I got to say Marvel's done a really good job of building up my excitement for actually seeing Thanos in action. I don't know if I've ever, if any movie oh franchise has ever done a, a good as good a job as building up a character like this. Like it's it's just you get these little bits and pieces. Yeah, uh, I'm really excited to see like 
what him in action is going to be like. I really um, hope it pays off, too, because they, right. they've been building for a while. I think it will, though. They seem to be making all the right moves. Real quick, one other thing that we both saw and loved was there was this picture on Instagram. And I'm not sure if it's... If, if it's... um you know, actually a production still from the film or what, but it's like a, it's like a crude drawing. <laughs> right. Like a, like almost like a childlike cartoon drawing of purple guy in a chair uh, with glove or whatever. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's so hard to, you know, I don't know if I'm doing it justice. We'll definitely throw the picture up on the, on the thread on Facebook. But, um, yeah. So it was the director and he, yeah. I don't know where it came from. It, it looks like a, a drawing like a kid made, and it's a purple, a completely just purple figure outline sitting on a chair with the infinity gauntlet on. And it says, who is the purple man in the floating chair? <laughs> who is the purple man in the floating chair? And then there's this, there's a, a note written next to it that says, what we know, underlined. And it's got three bullet points. Purple is one. <laughs> number two is magic glove. And number three is the best one doesn't like standing up doesn't like standing so up it seems like something like a little kid made yeah. but um the director i guess put that on instagram or something yeah. so like people are just talking about thanos being in the movie so now. good it's so funny um well moving into other avengers news so the russos have come out and officially stated you know that infinity war is going to be the first of two avengers films that they are helming but what was originally going to be a part one, part two situation has been laid to rest. It is just going to be that first Avengers movie will be Infinity War. They are doing a second movie, but they said in terms of the story, the narrative, the structure, it's going to be completely different. And it won't you know, necessarily draw on anything that happens specifically in Infinity War, um, which is fine. Um, I mean, that means that we don't have to wait a longer time to get the, the full narrative of that story. But what do you think that second movie is going to be? Dark Hawk, the darkening. Okay. So the it's end of superhero gonna... comic movies is what you're saying. Yeah. Well, but we go off with, in a bang with the bang, with the, with the bang, with the dark bang. Um, um sounds weird. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, dude. Um, do you have any? Do you have I any do. Guess? I do have a prediction. I do have a prediction. I think now this is all contingent upon Marvel getting the rights to to Fantastic Four, but I really think we might be headed to Secret Invasion, mm. where you have the Scrolls, yeah, which are aliens that are able to shape shift, and apparently. You know, they've been among us this whole time and maybe even impersonating some of the heroes and villains of the MCU. Well, that would explain Hawkeye. I know. Hawkeye right away. Right away, Hawkeye was my favorite. Oh, we weren't even going to talk about this, but we have to bring it up. Jeremy Renner, you sent this to me <laughs> on Facebook. Even he wanted the creators to kill off Hawkeye. Hashtag Hawkeye. At one point, he even, if I if I understood it correctly... Like acted out Hawkeye's death yeah, while they were filming, attack. and then was like, "Hey, it's there if you guys need it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he acted out That's a heart attack it. on screen while yeah. filming. So good. Um, honestly, the best thing I've heard that make <laughs> the, the the first thing that made me actually kind of appreciate Renner as Hawkeye was that story. Um, yeah. Anyway, dude. Uh, yeah, and maybe the Russos were like, dude. If we could pull off Civil War in one movie, we could do Infinity War in one movie. That's true. Yeah. That might have given them some confidence moving forward. Yeah. Um, moving on to my favorite section of the podcast, which seems to be a weekly thing at this point, is Spider-Man news. Yeah, Spider-Man time. Time to talk about Spider-Man. Yeah. Oof, that needs a lot of work, but um, but welcome to the Spidey Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Spidey Corner. Welcome to the Spider's Web. Ah, oh, there you go. There you go. Um, got a little little chunk of Spidey news uh, this week. We've got, and actually, I am gonna I'm going to step back here for just a moment. I wish I could think of the name of the podcast in which I referenced this, but 
a while back in a previous podcast, I had mentioned that once we found out that Spider-Man was going to focus on a Peter Parker in high school at a young age, that it gave them the potential to kind of mimic or follow the Harry Potter sort of story arc where you could go year by year or semester by semester and and be able to plot out a ton of films that way to the point where you could you could be eight films deep and he would you know just be getting into his mid 20s um or something you know something of that nature um and it looks like Kevin Fags has you know he's dug deep into the uh comic book characters podcast archive on iTunes and he <laughs> felt like that was a good idea because he's come out and officially said that Spider-Man is they're hoping to follow a Harry Potter like arc with the narrative of that character, which I think is perfect. I think it, it would suit the character very well. Uh, what are your thoughts on that news? Yeah, no, I agree. I think all the like the touchstones that they've mentioned of like Harry Potter, John Hughes movies, Freaks and Geeks. I mean, that's that's right on with with I think what people like you and I think people who really like the Spider-Man character and actually like the character from the comics um, must be music to their ears. Cause like that is exactly the tone that they should be setting. And they haven't done that with either of the two versions of Spider-Man that we've right. got. It's either emo Spider-Man or like outcast Spider-Man. This is more like just nerdy high school Spider-Man. At least that's what I'm hearing so far. And that's, that's great, man. That's it's a different version of Spider-Man. It's crazy just to think that you can do a different one after all the ones we've had, but but I think it's going to feel very different from those movies. And starting them off really young will set them apart from the others even more. So I think it's really smart. It lets them grow. It shows that they have an actual plan. And it's not just like, we'll see if this one sticks. And if it doesn't, we'll just reboot it again in a couple of years. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that could always happen. But but I think the fact that they're thinking long term here is probably a sign that they're going to try and stick to, this, stick to it. And um, they have good people on board trying to make it happen. So yeah, all the, all the signs are good so far. I, I like everything I'm hearing from, from the Spidey camp. Yeah. I think another great example of this is that they are, we found out that officially three very, um, you know, strong characters in the Spider-Man universe are going to be in this film in the, in the shape of Ned Leeds, Flash Thompson and Liz Allen. And, so, I mean, for anyone who's a Spider-Man fan, those are some of the, the more prominent supporting characters in his history. Um, Flash Thompson is the bully uh, that kind of bullies Peter. Uh, Liz Allen is one of Peter's friends. At one point, I think there's a small romantic kind of interest there. She eventually befriends Harry Osborn, who becomes Peter's best friend. And I think uh, they end up dating. So in the comic and then Ned uh, is also um, somebody that that is uh, that ends up working with Peter in the comic. Um, and I think he's like friends with Mary Jane. So there you go. I mean, these are these are characters that are firmly entrenched in the Spider-Man mythos. And it's nice to see that they're they're using characters that we actually really haven't seen before. Like, I don't think Ned. Ned and Liz have been in any of the other Spider-Man films. The other so. cool thing to mention is that not, not a single one of these actors playing those characters is white. Which right. Is kind of which in, in the comic, they're all white. All three of them are. But in the, in the yeah. movie, they're Peter's not. still white. But <laughs> that yeah. would have been a fucking just hellstorm if they tried to make Peter Parker black. Um, or not white, essentially. Um, but Donald Glover's going to be in it. I oh, I forgot. I, I remembered. Ah, oh, so exciting. You mean Miles Morales? No, just kidding. Oh, oh, oh uh, there we he's go. He's probably going to be a teacher, right? I mean, I think uh, Martin Starr's playing a teacher, so that makes sense that Donald Glover probably would too. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man. No, I think all the signs are all the signs are really good, and <clears throat> I think they're really taking it seriously this time. And yeah, looks great. And the fact that he can actually fit into the MCU as well. Uh, there's there's oh yeah there's a lot to be excited about here. Yeah, don't you know? Speaking of the oh, MCU, and Black Widow, right? Yeah, we're, we're not even we're not even just getting uh, Tony Stark, Iron Man in, in Spider-Man Homecoming. There's supposedly uh, someone on set saw Scarlet on set. Now, they said Scarlet, 
We think they mean Scarlett Johansson. It was spelled with two T's, so yeah, I'm going to say it was Scarlett Johansson. Could but... technically be Scarlet Witch, I guess, but let's just assume that they're talking about Scarlett Johansson, and therefore is Black Widow in Spider-Man Homecoming. And honestly, she would fit perfectly as like a substitute teacher undercover. Oh, yeah. Or like, I can so see, you can see that, right? You can see that scene. Yeah, she oh, walks into the classroom and Peter looks up. He's like, oh, no, <laughs> she's like a substitute teacher with like the glasses and stuff. Just oh, God, I could. It's so easy to picture in my mind. Um, That's exciting, though. If we get more kind of integration of the MCU into the Spider-Man film, that's great. And yeah, any 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 quick thoughts on Black Widow? Uh, no, no, not really. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have plenty more Spidey to talk As about. So let's, around. yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Relax, dude. Just take a. I know. A, I just. I'm pill. so excited, though. You know, it's just. I want it to be good. Uh, but you know what? The best place to relax at is. Mm, where's that? It's a little place, just around the corner, where they got punch and pie and pretty much everything that's nice. I'm talking about casting corner. Oh yeah. Uh, we got a couple of quick hits here. Uh, number one, Kiersey Clemens will be playing Iris West in the Flash movie. Uh, Kiersey Clemens is in the movie Dope, which I have not seen, but I've heard really good things about. Um, the only thing I've seen her in was Transparent, which is a great, great show on Amazon that I highly recommend. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. She didn't really stick out to me much. I don't think that she had a role that a very meaty. She didn't really have much of a meaty role in that on that show anyway. But um, anyway, uh, anything anything you want to add about that? Or I, I just think it's interesting that in the Flash TV show they made Iris um, black. And yep. now yeah, in the enough. movie, they're doing the same thing. That's great. I mean, it, I wonder if they t- kind of took their cue. Like, they saw that it worked in the TV show. And they're like, you know what? I hope, <clears throat> as as with all things, but I know is not the case, I hope that they just, they audition a bunch of people and they pick the best one. If it's a, if it's a black person, a white person, an Asian person, a Hispanic person, whatever. That, that really shouldn't matter, but it does. But I'm glad that. Yeah, they found someone that they feel. Fit. It seems like comic book movies are really um, doing a better job about that. But obviously, it's still very much the kind of secondary, tertiary roles. Yeah, um, you know, maybe maybe we'll make our way to the to the to the top characters someday. But uh, it's still a step in the right direction. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, congrats, Kiersey, and she seems like someone who's very much on the rise, um, getting a lot of buzz from um, her performance and dope so seems like a good get for for dc which honestly hasn't been all that I, I haven't been a huge fan of their casting over the years uh this seems like a good one i agree uh, let's oh god we gotta talk about spider-man again um martha kelly has been cast in spider-man she's a comedian she's on a show called baskets I don't have much to add about this. I've never seen Baskets, but um, we do have another, yet another comedian joining the cast. Yeah. Any any reaction there? Well, just that it's obviously it looks like they're really going for legitimate comedian, comedic actors um, for the film, which really I think gives us an idea of maybe how the film is going to be tonally. So I hope I hope that works out well. Those were always my favorite parts of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man was like the stuff with with J. Jonah Jameson, just like all of the little kind of comic nods. Yeah, you're um, right. It is a good point. Like, they are trying to make this Spider-Man the most like the comics. And in the comics, he's a wisecracking kid. So, like, it would make sense that you would have comedians there to, for him to play off of. Right. Um, right. And, um, and if you're doing a John Hughes movie, if that's if that's the movies you keep referencing, then, yeah, you have to have comedians in these. Yeah, right. So, I mean, they're doing the thing that they're saying they're, they're going to do, which... Should be obvious, but as we see with Suicide Squad, doesn't always pan out. Like, they don't always work that out. Uh, we've got Willem Dafoe in Death Note. So Death Note's a really popular anime and manga series. Um, Willem Dafoe is going to be doing the voice for a character named uh, Ryuk. Ryuk? <laughs> it's R-Y-U-K. Oh, you boy. figure it out, man. Um, I've actually seen... R-Y-U-K? R-Y-U-K. Ryuk. Ryuk. Yeah, no idea. I've seen I've seen Death Note. It's really great. Uh, this character is like a demon, like a kind of batshit crazy demon 
who sees humans as kind of like playthings in a way. I think Willem Dafoe is perfect for this casting. Uh, just the way he speaks, his vo- vocal ability is is spot on for this character. Um, I, I don't ima- I don't think you're that familiar with it, but no, I've never seen it. It should be pretty good. It, I feel like he's gonna really nail it. He's gonna be like, it's cold. Oh, it's cold. <laughs> Spider Man. Um, all right, and then the last bit of casting news that we have is that. We finally get to see Superman on Supergirl, but it's not uh, uh, Cavill. It's Cavill is not the Superman in the TV version of the DCU. Uh, it's going to be Tyler. Help me out with the last name. Hoakland, Hoakland, Hoakland or Hoakland? Yeah. Um, dude looks like Superman. You know, he's got a little bit of Dean Kane in him. A little bit. Yep. Kind of got that look going on. Seems kind of small. But I guess compared to Cavill, like, is it Cavill or Cavill? I always say Cavill, but I'm not actually sure. Let's go with Cavill then. Um, he looks really small compared to Cavill, right? But but who doesn't? Yeah. Cavill is a true. beast of a man. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Any thoughts on the uh, on the first images of no. Superman? Except that, uh, like, why? I don't know. It's just like... It... I feel like the casting for Spider-Man is just like, or Spider-Man for Superman is like just the most vanilla looking person possible. That's true. Um, But I mean, I don't know. Let's give the, let's give the guy a chance. I I don't know. Uh, I think it's cool though, that they're introducing Superman into the spider. God damn it. I think it's because we're talking about Spider-Man too much. into the Supergirl storyline. Cause like that seemed like from the first season, obviously I'm not a huge fan. I've voiced my, um thoughts about the show in the past and i'm not i'm not a, i'm not a fan so in the end it doesn't really matter if it attracts me or not um but you know one, one of the flaws that i noticed was like it she's uh, there's so much reference to superman and not having him in the show very much places her as a kind of secondary character to him so having him there i think increases um or, or makes the show more important and um probably more of a must watch for for fans of 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 not only Supergirl but Superman now, so you're getting more of an audience there, um, and it's not so much like, oh, the the guy that we can't really ever show on screen because he's not really in the show. Now he's actually there, and and you know whether or not you think it's smart for DC to have a TV version and a film version of the same character is another topic, but I think for this show it's probably a good thing. Yeah. Um. It was really jarring to see them reference Superman all the time, but they wouldn't even call him Superman, and they also would never show him. Right. Or they you know, would, like, from behind or something. Like, it was weird. Yeah, it was just, like, uh, yeah, it was so it was just so obvious and off-putting um, that I'm glad that they're doing it. And actually, I think the whole reason they're even allowing Superman to be on the show is that because they did the Flash episode crossover where they established that the Supergirl universe is, is completely... It's like an alternate universe. So then then they can have Superman. Because I think originally they didn't want to do it because they were like, well, you know, people are going to think of Supergirl... Like, is Superman, Cavill, Superman... Yeah. You know what I mean? So, right. but but they were, able, they were kind of able to fix that narratively um, with the story. And so, good. And hopefully he's good in it. I don't know. I don't know what can help this show. I know people are fans of the show. I'm also, well, also not like, that big of a fan. But. In a way, though, that's probably a, a thing that you can pull off better with comic book, uh, and a comic book audience because like we're used to having different versions of the same right. character. Alternate. It happens in yeah. in the comics, so like it's really not that much of a jump for comic book fans to be like, okay, this is just the TV version, and that's whatever. Yeah, no, that's uh, totally true. Totally true. We even have like the video game characters now. Right. Too, right. So. Um, so something, something that would, I really, you know, we really wanted to touch on that was, it was pretty big news. And we, we suspected that this was going to be coming up is that there was a little bit of backlash on Marvel's part. Um, once black Panther got rolling and it turned out that, uh, with Riri Williams news that, Marvel had never employed a black female writer in its entire history of existence. 
Uh, we then get this news out of Marvel, much like we predicted that there would be probably a swift change for them. And Ig, do you happen to have the the bullet point there for us on what Marvel has done? Yeah, so they hired uh, two black writers. Look at that. Uh, <laughs> well, what do you two, know? Two uh, <laughs> black female writers. Um <laughs> Hey, Not I one, mean, whatever. two, like to make up for it. They were yeah, like, no. sorry, guys, we're sorry. This we're... isn't a response to anything, but no, <laughs> uh, no, clearly they were on the, on the defensive on this and Hey, whatever, uh, you know, I'm not going to criticize it because it's, it's in the end, it's a good thing, but, um, obviously it's kind of sad that it took this long to happen. Yeah. Um, they they hired a uh, feminist writer, Roxanne Gay and the poet Yona Harvey, uh, they're going to be working on uh, spin-offs of the Black Panther comic um, that just recently started with ta Coates writing it. Um, I'm actually behind on that. I've only read the first, I want to say, two issues. Um, but it's but I really like what I've read so far. Um, he seems to have done a great job with it. And there are strong female characters in that universe. Um, and it seems like these two writers are going to take on uh those characters uh they're members of the dora milage the security force for uh black panther yeah um they get introduced right in the first issue um it'll be interesting to see if this gets this gets an audience obviously that's kind of besides the point right now like marvel i think is just trying to make some kind of a statement like all right we're listening and we're you know we want to we want to try to reflect some of the diversity we're showing on the page with you know, diversity behind the scenes too. Um, Not only beyond but that. But I think from a, just a commercial perspective, uh, you know what, go ahead, go ahead and say what you're well, going no, to say. I'm going to talk about something else. I was going to say that it's really interesting that they got a, a very clearly self-identified feminist writer and then a poet. Like yeah. these are, these are not just like novel writers or fiction writers. They're, they're very uniquely positioned in a way to really add some some diverse and not just by the color of their skin and, and by their whatever their experiences are, but by their own sort of sector of writing that they do. Yeah. Um, they're really going to bring some different voices to comic book writing, which I think is really cool. Whether they were black or not, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and uh, from what I read, ta Coates actually recruited both of them uh, nice. to come on to the series, which is going to be called World of Wakanda. Nice. Um, obviously, looking beyond just, you know, the, the positivity of having more voices out there and, and kind of increasing diversity, just looking at it from a purely um, commercial uh, aspect or angle, it's it's hard to imagine this kind of a story getting much attention or, or, or having much success. Um, just because it's, I think it's, it's always hard to do these spinoffs where you're taking secondary tertiary characters from a comic which is already not i mean even though black panther is doing well with ton of coats there it's it's selling well still not you know one of the top marvel characters i think it's going to be hard for them to get an audience as cool as it is that they're trying to do something different um i I wonder how that's going to go i hope it does well but I think it's I think it's going to be a challenge for them to to find an audience for this. I don't know what Marvel's sort of edict for this this whole project is going to be or what it has been. What I hope is that they've talked to, to Coates and to these two writers, and they established a clear defined story arc. And what I hope they were doing is either like a six issue or twelve issue kind of miniseries. Mm-hmm. That's meant to be kind of just its own story and, and sort of self-contained in that way. Not as something like an ongoing series because there's so much more pressure yeah, with an right. ongoing monthly series that has yeah, no definitive end. So hopefully they have the foresight to understand that. Yeah, I mean, yes. And, and round of applause for everything involved. But this is a very niche kind of market and story. Uh, niche niche we've done this before yeah, yeah. either one i think on the podcast um niche is the te- technically niche, correct right. but, yeah. um but it's regional right anyway it's <laughs> niche i hope that they're aware of that because otherwise there is going to be kind of too much pressure and when if the book doesn't just do gangbusters right off the bat you know there's going to be kind of 
and it probably backlash. won't, right? Like it takes. I mean, maybe it will with like the first issue because usually first issues do pretty well. Uh, <laughs> right. But like, it takes a while to build up a readership. That sophomore so. slump, yeah, hits pretty hard, and that's that's almost every comic. I mean, right. um, but anyway, dude. Um, at least good for Marvel, you know, to respond, and hopefully this this is a trend and not just a, uh, you know, a bone thrown to the to the to the to the critics out there. Right. This um, is hopefully a, a sign of more things to come. By the way, just circling back to Donnie Goods, uh, what a great hire by Marvel, especially if that that's true that he brought in these other two. Like, man, he he's really helping shape their 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 creative staff there in a way that I don't think any of us really foresaw. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it helps that he's just, he is just a fan of this stuff. So I think he's got a passion for it and that, that, that makes a huge difference. Um, all right, dude, well, that's pretty much all we're going to talk about this week. But before we go, I want to mention that I got together with the nerd crew this weekend and we did a bad movie night, but it was comic book themed. Oh, wow. What did you pick? There's so many. Oh, I know. Uh, but we we went we went more old school. We went with '90s Captain America, which is oh, one of my favorites. Yeah, with the um, with the with the with the salute off of the rocket with the salute with the Italian Red Skull. Which, like, I don't know why they did that. Um, the Italian Red Skull is fantastic, by the way. I highly recommend going back and watching uh, Red Skull's um, just awful, awful Italian accent. <laughs> oh, uh, can't wait. Yeah, uh, and then. Um, uh, my buddy Drew um, chose, actually recommended, the 1978 television film Doctor Strange. Um, let me just say, this thing, this thing was, I think, an hour and a half long. It felt like four hours long. This was one of the hardest things to sit through. Um, it's, it is, it's just terrible. It's, ter- it's just like watching, like you know, whatever, like a, any 70s TV show, but with like. But somehow it's about Doctor Strange, and every and it it looks like a porn film is what it is what it looks right, like. Right, right. And Doctor Strange with his mustache oh, looks, and like ready Jerry to go, Kirk looks like he is straight out of a porn. And like you keep thinking like every scene's going to end with just the two characters having sex. But, you're just, you're uh, just waiting for that music cue, music cue that exactly. And the best part is. Uh, the character of Morgan Le Fay is played by Jessica Walter, who is from Archer, right? And no, oh, well, she, maybe she's an Archer, but she's the mom from Arrested Development. Yeah, same person. Uh, uh, is like unrecognizable, and it she's wow. looks so different. But anyway, if you want to, um, I, I don't really recommend that one. Uh, but so what definitely. you're so what you're saying is, before you see Suicide Squad, see the '70s Doctor Strange TV movie. And Suicide Squad will then look like Civil War. That is genius because as soon as the movie ended, I was like, okay, I need to get this taste out of my mouth. So I immediately watched the Doctor Strange trailer and I was like, okay, much better. Um, We've come a long way. We've come a long way, yeah, to go from that to now. Uh, But yeah, guys, if you're really worried about Suicide Squad, pop in the 1978 version of Doctor Strange, uh, the porno uh, movie that somehow made it onto TV with all the porn scenes cut out. and then Suicide Squad is going to be a breeze, man. You're going to love it. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, next week we will be reviewing Suicide Squad, our full review. Spoilerific. Uh, but until then, the Fortress of Potitude is closed. Stay super, everyone. Stay super, everyone.